I'm Morgan Tioka. This is the Challenge Her podcast. This is the Challenge Her podcast. Hey team, it's Morgan Tioka here from the Challenge Her podcast. I have a special guest on with me today, Sophie Holliman. How are you going? Yes, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I asked um, Soph to come on the show and just sort of discuss, I guess, some of the, you know, adversities and challenges she's had over the, like, past few years around rugby, but also just, like, understanding, like, how she's dealt with sort of a life, work-life balance and rugby and, you know, dealing with the wants and needs of aspirations and pathways in different sporting avenues. So thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No, no worries at all. I'm really looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, awesome. It's super chilled. Like, you know, I can cut so much stuff out. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no stress um, with any of it. But so just like wanted to, I guess, touch on how did you get into sort of rugby uh, growing up? It actually started at school. So um, coming from Tasmania, it's a very like AFL basketball based place. So Moving up to the Gold Coast in 2013, I actually had no idea what rugby was. Um, loved contact sport, though. I always played AFL as a kid. So um, basically at my school at Marymount, they started a rugby sevens program. Um, and at the time, the coach, Mike Ellison, he um, he used to come down for like after school training. And I was like, yeah, I'll just give it a crap. Like, how good is this? Um and from there, he asked me to come down to the Gators, um, which I then got selected to go and play for the first year of Aon. So, um, yeah, I have to give my props to Mike. He he definitely got me involved in rugby. Oh, awesome. So you were at um, the Crumbin, Palm Beach Crumbin Alligators? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, how good. And then straight into Bond. Was that the first year of Aon? In tw- was it 2017? Yeah, 2017. Um, so basically just played like a few club games. Had only ever played, you know, I think it was like a Tuesday afternoon at Marymount um, for a couple months in year 11 and 12. Yep. Um, and like a few, you know, competitions here and there. And then went and played a few club games with the Gators, met some of the girls and um, and then met Ben Gollings, who was the first coach for Bond for 2017. Yeah, But wow. I still actually had no idea really how to play. I didn't know the <laughs> rules. So I was going into an environment where girls were, like, pretty serious about, you know, taking out this Aeon comp, and I was like, I don't even know how to play. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That was my first year at UQ, and I, th- I was there with um, Tashi Flynn, and we were both hilarious, just like we called ourselves the big girls because we kept getting like, the, we were like half a lap behind everyone on all the fitness <laughs> sessions. <laughs> so like our very first session we did, uh, I think it was like four three hundreds or something and they clapped us home on our last lap and like Tash, Tash and I were like, I feel I feel like we've made the wrong decision. I feel like <laughs> this might not be the sport for us. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty similar for me. I think like with all the drills and, 
you know, like a lot of the girls obviously that come into Rugby Sevens come from a bit of a touch background. So yeah. their ball skills are unreal. And I'm like, I had no left to right pass <laughs> whatsoever. And I honestly, they'd say like, switch, double bump, this, that. And I'm like, what are we doing? I don't understand. You're like, what are these words? Yeah, that's like that's the struggle isn't it like when you go into a new environment like they just sort of assume that you can pick up this terminology and you're like if you're brand new to the space like no one sort of takes that time to teach you those little things and it sort of causes you to always have to like you know sink or swim that's it I think obviously going into the um the Aeon training with a lot of girls that had been playing for so many years before I think that pushed me because I'm so competitive so I think it pushed me to actually just do extras and the coach was really good Ben he got me down to the field like you know half an hour early just to pass across the field he'd just walk with me and I remember him looking at my first pass and he was like oh my god and he laughed (laughs) and I was like oh this is a great start but um yeah, I think it was just a determination to be better. I um I just put my head down and eventually got there. But yeah, it was um a major step to go from even just go from club footy to Aon. It yeah, it definitely was a step up for me being such a rookie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then obviously you went over to fifteens. Did they sort of get you to do that sort of to encompass your sevens um training? Um, it was actually Lawrence and Setu um, who decided that they wanted to add, a, like, because obviously I'd been playing for Bond for Aeon when they took over there. But, like, in 2020 when they decided to have a Bond 15s team, um, they were like, well, do you want to play? Like, give it a crack. And I didn't even know. This is, like, 2020. So this isn't long ago. Two years ago, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> that 15s was even a thing. Like, that's how, like, I just had no idea. I didn't know anything about it. Um, So when they got us all to um, our first 15s training, and this is when COVID started, like, kind of kicking off as well. So we went to a few trainings, and I still remember Lawrence grabbing his hat and throwing it on the ground, and he was just like, what the hell? He's like, I actually didn't think you guys didn't have any idea of what 15s was like he was trying to get us to do these like pod point drills as forwards and we were like I just don't understand why are we in a triangle like (laughs) anyway so it took them ages to get us to like run this shape but I think the best thing was in 2020 we had all the sevens girls and we had such a tight-knit group like we were all best mates like if we weren't at training together we were going and getting brekkie or dinner or you know, going and doing things outside of footy. So, um, yeah, we're all keen to learn um, new sport. And I think that from there, that's when obviously it kicked off for me, my 15s journey. And then now uh, being in the Reds for the last two years? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's been an absolute mission to get myself here. Um, I definitely think I underestimate myself in terms of – being proud that you know especially getting that starting eight jersey this year um 2020 obviously was a bit of a write-off because of covid but um 
being able to play like a decent amount of the season was awesome um, towards the back end of the year. But I um, ended up doing my hamstring um, in 2020 that would actually lead on to me doing it another four times yeah, wow. that year. Um, so I think you do like four weeks of rehab and then I'd start, you know, doing some accelerating drills and it would go again. Um, and then it would be another four or five weeks and then it would go again. And then trying to learn how to play 15s and then start the um, the Aeon pre-season as well. Um, it was a lot of head noise for me um, yeah. just to be like, it's all right, four weeks, you know, you know how to do the rehab now, get it done and you'll be you'll be sweet. And I think by the fourth time I was definitely um, mentally exhausted. I then went to catch a ball at training and um, the ball hit my finger and I was like oh that hurt like just jarred yeah anyway it turns out I did the ligament and I didn't think that you know that would be an issue like strap it Long up till you're up. yeah but um yeah it was holding on by like a couple of fibers so that also sent me out for a couple of weeks and then my first game back um palmed someone and did the cartilage in my wrist so at one point I had I was rehabbing my hamstring, my wrist and my finger while trying to still keep my foot in the door with 15s and do pre-season for 7s to put my best foot forward for Aon. Um, so, yeah, 2020 was a massive learning curve for me in terms of um, just being resilient and, you know, just to keep working. Um, but, yeah, I obviously I got that... Um, I think you played too, the maroon and grey. Yeah, was that your first game back? Yeah, so I went, like, I was stoked to get selected for that because that was in 2020 and I'd only played four club games of um, just due to injury. And and obviously, like, my first ever year of 15. Um, And the night, was it the night? Yeah, the night before our last training, um, I did my hamstring again. So that was the fourth time I'd done it. And Yeah, man, I- wow. How do you, like, so, like, I obviously look, I, I look at Rugby Union and I go, okay, there's no real strong semi-professional support around injury rehabilitation. I know at Bond, I think you guys have some really great resources and facilities there. But, like, mentally, like, how did you, like, can you go through sort of like your mental state through the process, like the roller coaster of it? It'd be really interesting to like hear about, I guess, your emotional responses to when you sort of had all three going in like a really close period of time and just, you know, how you were handling that. Because I think if in my perspective, if it was me, there would be so many moments where I'm like, you know, why am I doing this anymore? Why am I putting myself through this? Yeah, I... It's hard because I think, like, obviously Bond um, was really helpful for me at that point of time. Um, but at, when I first did it, I had actually never had any, like, major injuries before. So I tried to rush back. And I remember I, I did it the first week and the next week I was trying to run. And um, 
I just couldn't. And I think that was, yeah, so obviously super frustrating for me. But um, I think how I got through it, I was just um, frustrated because I'd finally been given an opportunity um, and I felt like just like why me, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. like so annoying. But I think my network around me was, the biggest thing to actually get me through it. Um, I had a, a few people who would constantly check in on me, um, you know, that would offer to rehab run with me. That, oh, that's you great. Know, just, just really good mates. Um, even the physio, Jess, she was awesome. Like physios don't have to like message you privately um, to check in on you or anything, but she always did. Um, and the fourth time I did it, she like just took me for a walk around the oval and was like, okay, let's get a game plan. Cause obviously like what we're doing isn't working. Yeah. Um, I think Lawrence and Setu were massive for me as well. Like as coaches, you know, they've got families, they've got jobs, but they would call me all the time, you know, like I'd have conversations with people. And I think just my like inner determination that I knew that I could make it, um, is what got me through it at the end of the day. Yeah, wow. That's pretty special. And it's awesome to, I guess, have those people around you. It just sort of justifies all the studies and research around making sure that you have those influential people in your life, especially when you're trying to achieve or aspire to do something and you've got so many challenges that are sort of in your way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think, like, I've, I'm always, I'm, I've always been, like, a really independent person um definitely from my childhood um I've had to you know look after myself from a pretty young age so um I've always just you know it doesn't matter what I have to go through I just know that I'll get through it um so I think yeah that definitely helped and I look I look back at it now and I'm just like I'm glad I went through all of that because uh me as a person today, I just, yeah, I know that I can get through anything, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a big thing in sport especially is it teaches you to just be resilient. Yeah, 100%. And then looking, I guess, looking forward for you aspirationally, if you don't mind sharing, what are like, you know, some aspirations going forward? Because you're only, are you 24, 23? Yeah, 24. 24, yeah. Um, I... Honestly, after the red season that's just gone, um, I think after that finished, I felt um, like a little bit like what's next for me. Like it was, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved the season. Like it's, there's such a good bunch of girls there at the moment and I think the program is progressing, even if it is slow. Yeah. Um, I saw a major step up from the previous season to this season um whether it be rugby or something else I just know that um I've yeah I've I'll just keep working at it um I'm enjoying obviously just had an actual another injury scare um which I yeah I tore my meniscus in two spots but um no surgery thank goodness so I'm back on the field this coming weekend but um yeah I've been enjoying just taking a step back and 
being around the Bond girls um, and also seeing like the younger talent come through as well. Our Bond team is so young this yeah. year, but um, I think that first game back against Sunnybank and seeing the girls really level up against them and get the win is awesome. Talking about, I guess, um, teams and culture, something I'm really interested to know is if we take you to your best ever performance, can you tell me, like, um, give me an idea of what or when you've just played well and then I sort of want to ask you some questions around it? Yeah. Um, I think probably my best season yet was just the, um, the Aeon 7 season that um, just went. Last year, I, yeah. Yeah, last year. So I completely took the pressure off myself because I think that's one thing I do struggle with is um, having confidence. Yeah. And it's always been something I've, yeah, I've struggled with, especially in sport. Um, So, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, sorry. sorry. In in regards to, so um, obviously Aon is quite like a high-pressured environment, I'd say, especially when you're new and you've obviously been in it for like at least a year, two years previously, two or three years previously, but... Um, give me an understanding of, I guess, your character and sort of some of the key values or things you noticed about the way you perceived playing, like, at that level. Because I just – there's a lot of evidence around the type of um, calmness and composure you can have and how it really interrelates to your on-field performance. Yeah, so I'm, like, in a team, I'm – super loud, um, love to just get along with everyone. Um, I also find that I'm kind of just almost naturally just a bit of a leader. Um, like I love training hard, but then come off field, like, you know, can have a laugh and yeah, just um, getting around the girls. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely me as a person. Um, but yeah, going into this season, I, I definitely just wanted to take a step back and, enjoy footy again it was my first aeon back after literally you know however many months of hamstring rehab and i remember doing one full training before going into the aeon like before aeon actually started yeah so my first game back in um a year and a half of sevens was that first tournament at um oh east yeah at east so yeah. that was my first game back in a year and a half and i'd just come off you know, seven months, I think it was, of rehab. So, yeah, for me, I just wanted to take the pressure completely off and um, just have a crack with the girls. And I think that was my best season yet because I took the pressure off me. Um, I then obviously got asked to come back to QAS 7s after the season was done and then got to travel to Townsville to play Oceana with the Australia A team. So got selected in the Aussie A7 squad and we could only have one camp due to COVID. But for me, that was massive because I'd spent so many years playing and training and kind of just remaining in the same sort of position. So I think just taking a step back and just being completely relaxed and just being in a comfortable environment, I think being around girls that wanted to win. um, Would you say... 
Yeah, would you say your team, like, it, they made you feel safe in that, that last day on in regards to, like, you felt like you could be yourself and make mistakes and, you know, you weren't going to get judged and criticised? A hundred percent. I think that sevens team is the best sevens team I've ever played with. Um, not only that, we had good people around us. We had a great S&C. We had, you know, Sethu and Lawrence who have been around all of us girls for a few years. So... Um, a good network of people that, and I genuinely felt like I could ring the coaches and have a conversation with them about like how I'm feeling, what I, you know, dislike, what I like. And um, yeah, I felt like it was just a really safe environment that, um, and all the girls felt like that as well. And we're all super close. Um, and I think that then, yeah, showed on the field. I remember the um the finals weekend the last round and um Sydney Uni actually they smashed us on the Saturday like like smashed us out of the park we probably had the worst games of footy ever so we went back to the hotel on Saturday night and the coaches were like what happened um but I think we just all wanted to turn up for each other we knew we were good enough to win and the Sunday morning we had to play Sydney Uni again for it was going to be for the fifth or sixth playoff if we lost. Um, and obviously, being at our home ground, we didn't we didn't want that to happen. We were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna do this. And that's when we all looked at each other and we we're like, come on, like let's do it. Like we've got to win. Um, so instead of like using that all the losses on the Saturday and you know they get they absolutely gave it to us on the Saturday night. Yeah. Um, we turned up on Sunday and, you know, took it all the way through to winning finally after, um, well, since 2017. Bond have always had the names on paper but have never been able to pull it off. And, yeah, something clicked with that group and it was awesome. It was literally the best, I think, one of the best sporting experiences I've had for sure. That's really special. Can you can you explain, like, how did you get to the safe environment? How did the team become safe like what what we're struggling with in this day and age is that um high performance culture and high performance outcomes seems to be the be all and end all so head coaches tend to really focus on skill execution under pressure under fatigue and the mindset and the connection and the sense of belonging comes second or doesn't come at all um and when you speak about like that sense of trust in each other and that safety to call up your coach like how did that start that yeah that's a hard question because it almost like it sounds a bit weird but it came naturally with the coaches I think um in club Seto and Lawrence already give us that professional environment so they set the standards early for us to be like okay even if it is just club training we're turning up um you know you do your primers non-negotiables yeah, definitely yeah. set the non-negotiables early. Um, I genuinely just feel like we had a group that wanted to win. Um, we saw potential in each other. It wasn't just at trainings. Like, like I said earlier, like we would train together, but then outside of footy completely, we were all 
really good mates. So it's crazy, I hey. The off the off fields tends to set you up for the on field. That's where that's where teams have to understand like with female athletes, the segregation comes when there's no off field connection. I cannot agree more. Like, yeah. If I this team I'd definitely say is like the closest team I've had. Um, and I've made friendships that I'll have forever. Um, purely just from yeah, that off field experience that then you transfer it to on field, which makes you want to work harder, harder for, for each, each other. other. Like, yeah. Yeah, we never had a training where it's the coffees um, and the breakfasts yeah. and the yeah. the dinners and after a win you go and spend time together or you pick each other up to go to training. It's it's those minuscule experiences or when your coach comes over and checks in on your weekend or asks you how work was or it's those tiny conversations they're the connection pieces they're the things that are going to literally change a team I I can't agree more um I yeah I genuinely think the relationships I had with those girls is the reason that we ended up winning hands down yeah, that's we so- never had a training that we go to, and you know, so you never go to training and like feel like a hundred percent, and you're like, yes, let's go. Like sometimes, obviously, you did, but um, other times it's just like you know, you have bad days and like a bad day at work, or you're tired, or something's happened family-wise. But we all always just wanted to train hard, and then after we go to grills or we'd go get ice cream or you know and just enjoy each other's company so I guess like if you were to give because hopefully there are some young athletes listening so if you were to give a young athlete advice going into an environment and noticing noticing that segregation because I just feel like it's really normal especially the younger ones coming through because of their lack of self-worth and confidence they tend to project their insecurities onto each other which causes them to stay small and with the one person that they're close with so they never want to go out and like get to know each other so there's always those little pods of girls in their little segregated groups and that that's already creating that disconnection in a team environment and unless you have a knowledgeable head coach I really feel that that's like majority that's extremely common yeah um, what you know? What what advice would you give for those young girls, sort of going into the space to try and sort of help improve that that culture? Um, definitely, just like obviously, it's hard going into an environment where you know you don't know anyone. Um, but I feel like I was that girl in 2017 heading into that Bond Aon team. Um, a lot of girls were older than me, and I think just being open to obviously meeting new people and being okay with being the rookie or you know just like it could be as small as being like hey like having a conversation and just being like I feel a little bit uncomfortable and you know you've got your leaders around you that can then say you know let's go get a coffee or let's do brekkie or you know definitely try and get that off field away from footy relationships um, even if it's only with one or two girls that can then, you know, branch into you being more comfortable in that environment. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so I definitely think those off-field relationships are um, so, so important, especially in, yeah, young female athletes. I definitely, like, I'm 
like I said, I'm pretty a pretty loud person in a team environment. But as a young, as a yeah, a young player, um, I was pretty quiet. But I was lucky that I was surrounded by like Georgia Page and Jess Ellison, who are loud and experienced. <laughs> yeah, she's loud, such right? a character, isn't she? Yeah, and so she, um, even though we're the same age, completely different personalities, but I felt like I was really taken in by her and we would train together four days a week and I really got a sense of um, how a professional, well, professional, um, should (laughs) sort of Um, So, like, we'd gym together and then go to training straight after and... um, yeah, she really like just showed me how I should train and I improved so much from that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely those older relationships around me that um, that really helped me in the environment. That's so good and that's such good advice, I guess, for the young ones coming through because I just think they need some impartial knowledge from young, like older athletes who have been a bit more experienced in the space and sort of captured the understanding of you know how do we get it past those barriers of lack of inclusion so that yeah yeah I, I really agree with you and I just want to touch I guess all the research and all the studies um just around belonging connection looks at like athletes who are successful on field tend to have really good purpose off field and I just want to touch on I guess what you're doing with your work because I just think that the space you're working in is super fulfilling yeah, so um, I'm a disability worker. I've been doing it for a year and a half now, um, working mainly with quadriplegic, but literally working with, um, you know, mental health as well from four, like four years old all the way through to 56, I believe. Um, I have six of my own private clients that I jump between during the week and also work for a... Um, a company but I honestly love my job so much me helping other people is I just think it was what I was meant to do um, I can't see myself doing anything else I definitely am the type of person that will put someone else before myself I love yeah I just love helping other people um, so it's obviously worked has been working like really well with me and footy. Um, I don't usually give myself a day off, which I know is bad, (laughs) but genuinely I have like a client message me asking me to work and I'd I'd rather be doing that. Um, Yeah, that's just how much I just enjoy my job. Do you find it it grounds you? 100%. I, before I, um, I started this work, I, I just would turn up to work. I I used to be a barista, um, worked at AFL Queensland for a bit, um, but I always left going, oh, you know, just didn't enjoy it. I honestly cannot tell you I ever wake up going, oh, I really don't want to go to work today. Like, never. Yeah. Um, obviously, can be so tired. Like, there was a time where I used to do um, a shift here on the Gold Coast until around four o'clock and then I would drive to Brisbane to training yeah, and then train for I think around three hours and then go straight to an active overnight until 5am 
and then go to cool and gather the next like that morning to work until 11 and then I'd go home and sleep and what you know that's huge so massive absolutely massive but um yeah I think it was just honestly the love for my job um I I, think yeah I agree with you leaving work yeah leaving work knowing I've I've helped someone and made their day um is yeah massive for me it's a lot of energy it's a lot like it's such a positive space um that you're in but it also is a lot of energy and especially for like an elite athlete you'd have to become so good at strategizing you know when you can give your best self and how you're going to do that and how you hold boundaries and when you have self-care do you do you think you've like gotten better with that now like now that you've been in the role for a longer period of time yeah that almost makes me laugh because uh even my roommates look at me and they're like have you did you say no and I was like no I said yes it's one of our hardest things I did set have an issue with saying no like anyone can ask me to do anything and I'm like yeah for sure like that's fine um it doesn't matter if it like completely mucks my day up like I'll always say yes and I think that's something I'm still trying to work on because like I definitely don't have a work-life balance for myself I have usually have like a Monday off and I'll try and get things done um but most likely I've said fill your time yes catching up to like with yeah. friends <laughs> even though it's like, I just I'm like yeah sure like let's go for lunch blah 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 and it'll get to the end of the day and I'm like holy hell I am exhausted but yeah. um I think yeah that's something I'm still definitely trying to work on um, cause yeah, I'll just keep going and going and then I'll just end up crashing, yeah. <laughs> but I'll still keep going. I think the self-awareness definitely, you know, you're already a step ahead of a lot of people. Usually most people would just be in complete and utter denial. Like, no, I've got this, like, I'm fine. I've got this sorted, but I totally understand. I come also from a place of just filling my space and time with wanting to contribute or help people or do something or be involved with something or train or play or do, you know, being active and it's taken a lot of self-work to finally hold boundaries and say no without feeling like you're a bad person because you think it reflects you on your character and you think what you're saying to them is that you're not a good person because you can't help them but really you're like I am being a good person by saying no to you because I know that if I say yes to you I'm only going to give you like 30% of what I have left and that's not quality. I love that because that is like that's all stuff I think I just need to hear Um, because I think obviously being around people constantly sometimes I come home and I just don't speak and I just like completely shut off because I've been you know my happy self all day and then I get and I just shut down and I'm like oh that was a massive day that's Um, what yeah we've tried to we talked to um I spoke to Steph and I'm going to do a, I think, interview with Steph Hancock because I did a lot of work with her um, through the NRLW Titans season. But just around, you know, if you can't give your best self and you, if you're walking into an environment and you can only give, you, you know, 70% of yourself to like seven tasks or seven things, you know, and you need to look at it and go, okay, well, how about I cut them down to four tasks and do them at 100% than doing seven or eight tasks at 60, 70% because 
you're only going to let your own character down because you won't be as reliable or as patient or as um, kind-hearted or generous because you generally have nothing left to give. Yeah, that's, it's but so true. It's and crazy. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like I'm, I'm glad I'm aware that, one, I definitely work way too much because I try and fit everything in. Everything in, in yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's something that obviously my goal is to this year um, sort my schedule out so I actually give myself time to just do things that I want to do mm. um, without feeling guilty. That's my thing exactly. as well. And like you said, I say no to someone. I can't say no and not give them a reason. Yes. Um, I love to just be like, yes, like I'll help. Yes, I'll do brekkie. Yes, I'll then go for lunch. And and then, yes, I'll come and help you move your house. Of course yeah. I will. Like, <laughs> and then I'll play a sevens tournament the next day. Totally fine. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> it's fine. Like, yes, I'll do an overnight shift and then go straight to footy the next day. That's yeah. awesome. love to do that. It's interesting, hey, because like internal misogyny and like traditional societal views will say like females, you know, be selfless and be accommodating. Like it's it's generally part of our traditions and it's got nothing to do with anything but um, views of, of the past. But unfortunately, that makes us grow up in this space where if you are to say no or be assertive and just go, I can't give you my time, you think that you're being awful you think you're being a bitch or you think you're you know people will be like oh she's cold or selfish that's the view of us um and it's that knowledge and education piece I guess around that self-worth where you go it's not because I don't want to give you my time like I will definitely come back to you but right now I'm just too busy and I really appreciate the opportunity like it's having the language to be able to say no in the right way and just it takes a lot of a lot of learning, I think, um, to, to get there because I'm still so bad at it, <laughs> so yeah. bad. I know, I'm, yeah, I'm the same and, like, I think, yeah, I definitely say yes to everyone and then I look back at it and I've got, I've, like, tripled my schedule where I actually have to say no to someone and then I just have this awful guilt of being like, oh, I can't believe I said yes. And now I've cancelled on them and that's my other fear as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. Just um, taking a step back and just saying no and being okay with saying no. But, it's yeah, it's massive for me, absolutely massive. But um, I love just being able to be there for people but I also can't forget about myself. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really special. And sort of going forward, you know, just to wrap us up, I just think that, um, you know, obviously you're such a kind-hearted, generous person and hardworking and competitive. Like looking at – they're the values I see in you based on, I guess, what I know and what you've said. Uh, what Like what are your – if money wasn't an option and uh, wasn't an issue and education and time and resources weren't an issue, what would you want to – want to be outside of footy you know going forward literally what I'm doing now I like I know that's pretty basic but I honestly just love helping people um I would if I you know turned around tomorrow and said I wasn't playing footy anymore I genuinely would just continue on with what I'm doing now um 
That's really special. I, yeah, because I just love it so much. Like I, um, yeah, obviously you have the days where it becomes mentally draining and I'm pretty overwhelmed and whatnot, but um, I would probably take on more clients <laughs> because I've got some extra free time. But he takes up a lot of time. So, yeah, um, yeah that's, I'd be doing that for sure. Oh, that's unreal. Well, I wanted to say a massive thank you for coming on and just sharing a little bit of your story. I know we probably could talk for hours, but (laughs) knowing you, you've got, like, stuff to do. (laughs) Um, I actually do. I have a coffee date. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I just – I can't wait to see you grow and everything that you're doing. I think it's really, really imperative that, you know, young women are looking at you and going – um, you know, there's opportunity for me to be successful in so many as- aspects and avenues of my life and just to see the sense of fulfilment that you get off field. I think that that's really key and special to, you know, making you the person you are and making you so grounded and showing, you know, young athletes how that can help you perform well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on here. I love looking back at... Um I think my own journey especially and hopefully giving some insight as to like just, you know, having a bit of self-belief and working hard and um, obviously just gets you to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Soph. I hope you have a lovely no, day. that's all right. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. That's right. 15 minutes is now almost an hour. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Have a good day. You too. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the Challenge Her podcast with Morgan Tioka. Follow, rate and share to help empower and educate young women.